isn't that a um, thing that all YouTubers feel? It's like the grass might be greener. If we have success yeah. on YouTube, why can't we have success on Facebook? Like, is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, there is actually. So that's what I've come to discover over the last few months, that there are massive differences mm. um, and that it works very differently. And I was trying to adapt to the format and getting no luck whatsoever. So I decided to reduce down to the minimum viable product now and just like chuck my videos on there. And so re-uploads like, yeah, instead of reformatting it into the right aspect ratio mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, um, like, I don't know, there's sort of an obsession over the first three seconds on there, mm-hmm. uh, titles, everything, you know, and I found it very draining. So learned a lot there. Also tried TikTok, which I, I don't, I feel very mixed on and I'm happy to discuss but mm. like personally, I hate using the platform. Like I just hmm. can barely stand it for more than ten seconds. You know. Okay. Um, so you know, personally, I, what was this but, your feeling, or was someone else guiding you to like you could make more money, you could get more attention no, if you expand? I, I mean, I think it's just my nature that <laughs> I am curious and I mm. have to try these things out. It's like I have no right to judge something. I feel like without kind of learning more about it and giving it a shot and whatnot, it's like, okay, hundreds of millions of people, I guess, at this point are using it. Mm -hmm. It can't be for nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, but so I feel mixed. Like I'm still occasionally like, I don't have the app. Even I hired somebody to help me so they could like post on there for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's, and I'm treating it as like a parallel universe where the algorithms are, are generous in a sense, but numbers are very inflated. Um, and I haven't come to a verdict yet, but personally, I can't use TikTok. It makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't use any social media at this point. Like I don't, yep. I'm not a consumer of YouTube anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I've been using it for long enough to see the good and the bad. And then there's just more bad than good. So it's gone. TikTok or just consuming content on uh, Instagram and TikTok and yeah. anything except YouTube, which I just do all podcasts and videos on YouTube at this yeah. point. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah, must yeah. consume on YouTube. Right. Occasionally. So occasionally. So here's the, here's the thing. I, um, if I have, I'll look something up and, um, I have this extension on Chrome that I don't like to talk about on any of my, uh, sort of outlets, if you will, but this is the after hours. This is the after hours, (laughs) but it it blocks all recommendations. It blocks the home screen, everything. It just wipes it blank. And Hmm. that helped curb my consumption behavior. I don't advertise it to my audience Mm -hmm. because I don't know, maybe I could, but I just, but there's a, there is a large part of like, it is how I am able to spread my message. So I don't know if I want to directly hamper that, but uh, for me personally, but I've done videos on getting off social media and I promote it. I'm like, take breaks, get off, get off these platforms. Yeah. Um, And then I, I deleted, I don't have the app on my phone. So I do fall into the rabbit hole occasionally, but I, I just try to make it as, as like rare as possible, you know? And there's, and really at this point, I've I've come to the point where there's a like a couple of channels that I really enjoy friends Mm -hmm. of mine or whatever that I'll pop in every once in a while and I'll be like, Hey, what are you up to? You know, and I'll check it out. Um, So catching up with friends, are there like legit interests that are just like weird channels that no one would ever expect you to be following and since and watching? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a good question. Uh, have you heard of the channel Wabi Sabi? Wabi Sabi. Uh, it's Wabi and then Sab dash E. No. Uh, and it's this young couple who have been renovating uh, their farmhouse in nice. some Midwestern state, I feel like, somewhere in the US. I have like no understanding of <laughs> DIY. You know, I don't do that kind of stuff at all, but I get to live sort of vicariously through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. It, it's like, it's, it's super well done. And it, it's kind of like, uh, it's one of the things that I find most beautiful about the internet, which is that you can sort of expand the amount of experiences that you can have in ways that would not be possible without it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't have those experiences. I couldn't have an insight into that world without 
this kind of random channel that I stumbled upon. It's voyeuristic. So. Yeah, I follow an owl ch channel. This woman in Russia, she speaks Russian. Sometimes I have some subtitles on. Sometimes I don't even know what she's saying, and she just has a wow. pet owl. It's weird. <laughs> it's That's YouTube. Why, what is it about it that you're that you enjoy? It's just a different life. It's voyeuristic. It's I. You know, you don't have to ask permission to just like. You know, you just watch it and she's just putting herself out there and it, it's fascinating it makes me understand why people would want to watch stuff that yeah. we do it's like we are putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable for the internet in a way yeah yeah there's a channel i like too that i pop into every once in a while and it's funny i don't even understand the psychology of this maybe i'm open to any and all opinions here i'm not really a believer at all in astrology or like at least the modern uh manifestation of it like i don't know where anybody is pulling all these interpretations from and it's become commercialized and whatnot i'm not saying it's oh, not oh is this like the you're in aries and taurus right kind like, of thing? right this, this okay. right exactly the moon rising moon falling yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. anyway i am just sort of fascinated so i'm not personally like very convinced by any of any of that stuff but um but i'm just fascinated by how often it, it's invoked in conversation in our generation. Like it's almost like filling some sort of void or something, you know, and it seems really meaningful to a lot of people. And so there's this channel called um, Ali's Tarot or something. And this, this woman has like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and posts like readings every week. Hmm. And it's just probably raking in just an insane amount of money. And she, I mean, I think the comments are all turned off too, but she just posts them regularly. And I'll, I'll pop in there every once in a while and kind of just like try to understand the terminology and like the thought processes and like what she's looking at when she's reading the cards. I guess in a way, it's like a way to try to understand something that I struggle to understand, you know? Yeah. It, it's almost like a millennial small talk at this point for people. I've been on first dates and that almost always comes up. It's a weird thing. I never expected well, it. I have noticed that this is more, more of a thing among women. It's fair. I feel like it's fair to say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm curious, I guess I don't, um, because it's filling a need, something deep within to understand or express, yeah. and I'm curious to know what it is. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. And there's things, there's certain things that guys more gravitate towards, right? Yeah. Like, well, what is the astrology for guys? I don't know. Oh, like I don't know. I I've seen jokes on the internet. I've never done it personally, but like the keto diet that mm. seems like a thing that more men do, right? And mm. I've always wondered why these sorts of things keto work the way that they do, you know. Um, but wow. Yeah. 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 And then also talking about social media consumption is kind of small talk for millennials at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little different in your circles if you're posting and you're like a content creator. But I feel most every time I meet up with anyone, we talk about social media, how we're consuming, how we don't want to use it as much. It's do you, do you see that when you talk to people? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And I think a part of me, I was thinking about this the other day too. I was like, all right, is this, am I burning out this sort of topic? Like, is it, but <laughs> yeah. I really think, I don't know if it's possible for us to talk about it too much at, at this point because it's so new and it's so ubiquitous. And in a sense, there's something just deeply unnatural about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're just trying to figure out like, okay, what is this thing? And how, how exactly do we want it to be a part of our lives? You yeah. Know? Um, so and it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's just incredible to me that how the speed at which our relationship with these things is evolving. Like it just barely entered like uh, our lives in terms of like humanity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in the next even just five years, 10 years, things are going to change so much. Do you yeah. think it's changing too quick for you to adjust your habits? So you're saying you're, you know, different than most people in how guarded you are with how you consume uh, social media and let it manipulate you um but like why can't you use tiktok like do you feel like you've kind of lost the language like you're <laughs> you, you would yeah, think no, you're able but... to adopt a new way of communicating more so than most people uh but yeah. you can't use tiktok or are you just not trying i think it's um 
That's a great question. I really think it's just down to kind of how it makes me feel. You know, I, I don't think I want to adapt to to TikTok in particular, like as a as a consumer personally, just based off of how it makes me feel. That's all. You know, um, and I what I come to realize too is that when I take time, when I take breaks, a month away from social media or more. Um, which I've done now a variety of times, and I plan to do regularly into the future. I uh, and, I, and I, you've done this too, so I'm sure I'm sure there's some overlap here in experience. I just have this sort of takeaway that like I am not actually missing very much, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I am not actually learning that much from social media consumption when it's highly curated and in certain specific occasions. There's more takeaway than 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 in other times but in general kind of when you fall into the rabbit hole it's not it doesn't really have the sort of enriching uh long-term consequences that we all hope for i think a lot more of it is like entertainment than mm-hmm. anything um Com- and so com- compared to everything else you do or like maybe the act of creating like think of if you spent 20 hours last month consuming instagram like what if you spent those 20 hours creating a video for your channel like that would be better spent time right i would say yes either creating which has always been a more fulfilling activity for me than consuming Mm. or to be honest with you just living life you know Mm. if it's just cultivating relationships or what have you i think i've come to the realization i was coming to this realization at my own pace but it just was accelerated by the 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 lockdowns and the pandemic and whatnot that I, it's very, very important for me to cultivate aspects of my life outside of like the work that I do and outside of the internet, you know, to feel human because when too much becomes digital and too much becomes ones and zeros and likes and dislikes and whatnot, I literally feel like I'm, I've lost footing, you know, like I, I feel like I'm, I'm not grounded, you know? Um, And that's why I've been saying more and more, and this is why I think I sometimes live vicariously through your channel too, is um, nature is like the ultimate de-stressor mm-hmm. I found. Um, and, and I haven't found the right balance yet because there's so much that comes with living in a city, the connections, the people, but I need more nature in my life. And I found that there is no replacement and, and all the weird things that we're doing now where we're all, like talking about healthy diets and supplements and whatnot. It's, it's almost like we are trying to replace something that already worked really well um, in a kind of twisted way that, that is never as good as the original thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's influenced by this book I'm listening to right now called In Defense of Food hmm. by Michael Pollan. Oh, okay. And his big argument is that like, you know, the further away we get from just like simple foods, mm-hmm. the unhealthier we ultimately get. Even though, even though there's so much marketing behind supplements and superfoods and et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel healthy? Have you made changes? Oh wow, that's a really good question. That is a really good question. It's difficult to feel fully healthy in such an unhealthy world, right? I mean. That doesn't it is isn't With there food? kind of a level? Um, well, I mean in general, like okay. because so so many things are behaviorally influenced, right? Okay. And and I think like the world, it's been hard for me. I, I'm definitely in search of balance after feeling so wildly imbalanced, as maybe a reflection of the imbalances I see in the world, you know, and that I feel. Um, hmm. Well, it's the three pillars. Know. It's you know. Mental health, physical health, and uh, I guess like relationships, financial health. Yeah, financial I, w- health, I would yeah. put mental. Well, yeah, okay, social. We'll do four, <laughs> four. Yeah, I would say overall, I uh, overall I do feel on the. I don't feel unhealthy. Let's say, but there's um, but I, it depends on kind of how you're asking this question. If it's if you're asking me like philosophically speaking. There's a there's a part of me that's still searching to understand why I feel incomplete or maybe in some way broken, mm-hmm. um, and trying to better understand that. Um, hmm. I think that is at the root of any spiritual or self improvement journey 
it's like if you were actually fully content with yourself you wouldn't even care about yeah. any of these you yep. know yeah it's it's uh, the closer you get to the goal the further you get from the goal in a sense or or yeah. the less the goal matters i guess it's like a it's like a event horizon you can never actually reach it yeah can i flip some of these questions on you i'm really curious do, do you feel healthy yeah uh well physically like ever since being in this relationship it's come on like about a year now but we moved in I oh, am eating cool. better than I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> that's like great. I, I played sports in high school. Did you play sports like soccer? Or so something? I got I got a lot more into like sports and physical activity actually just after mm. uh, high school, and then it became sort of an integral. I can't handle anxiety without physical yeah output, you know. So running and workouts and whatnot. Yeah. So so I would compare it to that. Like I was, you know playing multiple sports and multiple teams exhausted from exercise but eating like crap in high school didn't know anything about diet i would say i'm trying to be as paleo as possible right now nice and you know my girlfriend cooks is happy to do so and she cooks delicious like non-gluten amazing healthy food and oh that's great just been hiking a lot so physically i feel great you know i'm in i feel growth improvement with social and mental and I'm in a great place financially. So I feel like for those four pillars, I would say there's like a threshold, like you can put a lot of work into it to reach a threshold. But then after that, it's like diminishing returns. Yeah. So you have to get smarter about how you improve and approach life. And at that point, it becomes more about flow and just being able to let go and like stop trying to grow. Just be happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. I find there's often trade-offs. Like one of the things that makes me happiest, I think, and like, um, just, you know, excited to live life. So in a sense, there's a health bonus from that is travel. The travel is, is oftentimes a pretty unhealthy activity in other regards. Like I'm usually, usually sleeping less. Um, it, it is oftentimes a lot more challenging to eat really well. Like you're trapped in an airport and starving, like your options are routine, no routine. It's like, that's, what travel is, I would say, breaking from your routine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, I'm still kind of searching for a balance between the two to, as well, because I, I, I was just traveling for the last two months and that was too much in a row, you know? It oh, was like I know the first all about few that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So the first few weeks were great and I was not like running around every day. It's like I pick a spot and try and stay there for a week, mm-hmm. right? But even then, after week three, it's like, shoot, I've, I've, I've piled together too many different spots and I'm feeling ungrounded again. And then when I feel ungrounded, then like the behavioral choices start to deteriorate. So hmm. it's been good to come back here in Paris and recenter. But um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's so I, many. I'm curious about the overall strategy here. Would you say you break down your content into seasons? Would you say you're just launching point, the first one or the next one, I guess? Yeah, I think at this point, at this point, I mean, things continue to evolve. And I and I think partially that's because I find myself, like I am, my own self-perception and how I approach life in general continues to, to change as well. Hmm. Um, and so I just need to reflect that in, in not only the content that I create, but also just like how I create it. Um, but yeah, at this point, I think it's in seasons where I'm going to be focused for the next few weeks. Um, like this last week, I've been kind of settling back in and, and trying to finish edits and whatnot. I have like six different videos that are 70% there and oh, I just wow. need to focus on finishing them. So that'll be like a season, but then in a few weeks, I'm going to be going crazy because I've been here for, you know, inside a lot working and I want to be out and like, you know, in nature, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, breathing air, getting sun, you know, all that stuff. So that's why I haven't quite found the perfect balance, but I think that's, that's a, that's an approach that I am. I'm, I'm excited to try. And there's definitely a desire now to be more out in the world you know, I think the videos, the things that I create are so much more dynamic when I'm not talking in my apartment, but like out there doing stuff with other people. Yeah. Um, but what I found is it's very difficult to edit and tell those stories while I'm out there. Like I then need to come back and be very stable, you know, but I mean, so is this similar to your kind of, cause you, you, my understanding is that you have a home base in New York, mm-hmm. you'll 
kind of go somewhere for a while and then come back to New York and sort of create the story from, from what you just experienced? Yeah, there was definitely a moment when I was trying to live out of a backpack and it was nonstop travel and that was That's impossible. Exhausting. It was just exhausting. Yeah. yeah. You have to have zero responsibilities for anyone else. And I like having a home base here and, you know, yeah. um, but what I've been messing around with is like audience segmentation instead of just having one channel and posting all of your content onto that single, uh, road and kind of having a couple different genres bending together, but with, you know, you as the main keystone for all of it, like I've kind of started breaking up my channels a little bit. Yeah. And I'm curious if you've questioned that or if you're pretty, you know, good, good where you are with like having kind of podcasty, but then there's like, tr like travel vlog esque, but it always has some kind of theme with you talking, but then yeah, you'll mix it up every so often. Have you had that discussion with yourself? Yeah. I mean, so I think the kind of experimentation with format uh, is really important. I've done that to an extent as well. I, I have that sort of, I don't like to refer to it as a second channel, but it's, it, it kind of is, uh, which I call no backup plan. Mm. And it's sort of, it's meant to be in a sense, it ultimately ends up kind of looking somewhat similar, I think, but it's, it's an experimental space to, you know, post a six minute video or whatever, where ordinarily, you know, a year ago, I was very restrictive with mm. what I allowed. And by allowing myself to do that there and then see the reaction and realize like, wow, that was awesome. It kind of helped me loosen things up on my main channel. And I just psychologically just needed to do that to myself, even though it probably makes no sense. Um, but it's been good to have that space. It's been good to also like allow myself to try something out, like, you know, be a little bit more comedic, for example, or talk about something that isn't like directly self-improvement or, you know, on the, in the pursuit of figuring out how to better enjoy life, you know, just like just me joking around about uh, the Italian language, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and hmm. so, so I think it, I think it is great to sort of split things up a little bit, but at the end of the day, this channel that I've built, um, that is under my own name, it's like, I'm, I am really okay with it sort of evolving and changing and sort of reflecting this path that I'm on. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it was never sort of a business for me in the first place. Like, yeah, now I have more sponsors and whatnot, but it was always like a therapeutic outlet for me. Um, and so to an extent I do play the game with thumbnails and titles, but um it was always just going to be whatever I felt the desire to share with the world. Mm. Um, and so how, for right now it works, I think, you know, how much of the channel is your own and how much do you allow your audience or sponsors to rent out time and attention? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out the, the, the balance with sponsors because I've, I've been recently taking on more sponsors, which has allowed me to like, have a little bit more editing help, you know, because I was kind of on the path to burn out with that. So that has helped, but there have been a couple of occasions where I was like, Ooh, that didn't feel good. Mm. You know, I haven't, I haven't had any sponsors like from, from a company that I don't like, like, you know, it's all been, you know, stuff that I use, um, that corresponds, but sometimes there are demands. They have demands where I'm like, I, I don't want to play your game, you know? Mm. And I, uh, don't need your money. Hmm. You know, I I'll be fine without it. So if, again, I guess in, in line with my philosophy of experimentation and whatnot, it's like, I have to try certain things out to figure out if I'm okay with it or not. Um, and so, but what, what I feel like, you know, what I feel I could say on this as a response to that question, because it's a great question is that having a sponsor, for example, at the end of a video doesn't make it any less my own. It's, a, it's in a sense, a way to finance these projects and these, you know, it's like if I'm going to Albania um, and spending a week there and trying to like understand the culture and capture it and, you know, tell a story about it or several stories about it, um, it needs to be financed somehow. And for me, I feel like that's a, 
that's a good solution for now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've, I ended up struggling a little bit more with the sort of Patreon crowdfunding model. And I know a lot of people have great success with that, but it, for the most part, it seems like you kind of go one way or the other, you know, it's like mm. you're either, and there are very few examples, I think of people that pull off both, but it's tricky. And, um, and because of my, sometimes my inconsistencies where I am kind of going through seasons now, yeah. I just need time periods where I'm like, I'm out. Sorry. I can't create anything right now. Give mm-hmm. me three weeks or whatever. Um, the, the crowdfunding approach stresses me out a lot because I don't feel like I can offer quality updates. Um, yeah. Or qual- quality compensation for, you know, you know what I mean? I think people set the bar too high too early with, you know, what is expected if people sign up and donate. And it's best mm-hmm. to just keep it simple and build up from there. But um, what's your what's your strategy right now for funding your, your yeah. lifestyle? Everything's good. I'm making more than enough money to save and do what I love. So I'm getting smarter about how I involve other brands and I've gone through the same thought process I think that you have as far as how can this sponsor add to the video so I've revamped the terminology as like fund a trip rather than you know sponsor a video it's like this trip is literally made possible by this person how can I how how can I use all the pros the profit to make the trip better and happen so it's like uh, it's it's a simple process or a simple change, but I think it would be better down the road. I don't know. And then any, any sponsorship or any membership is just zero obligation. So it's, mm-hmm. I guess that goes more into streaming, but yeah. Yeah. So is the main source right now, are you willing to, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, it's but Google, yeah. Google as in like AdSense mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Google, Amazon, and uh, third-party sponsorships, but everything's pretty good. I've always done pretty well with affiliate. I yeah. books you recommend. So if you're, <laughs> I'm about to completely change my uh, my reading list. Actually, really? um, yeah. So yeah. okay, well, how do you how do you make this information available? Do you have some kind of gear kit or list yeah. or do you just do it every so often in the form of a video? No, no. So I have um, on my website, which I'm going to be revamping. There's a there's a reading list page and a gear list page. Um, Are those the main recommendations you make? Do you recommend for, to go people to go eat? So I don't know. You like you can make recommendations for anything. For me, it's like hiking, filmmaking, gear, and then yeah. I think books and knowledge would be good for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. Um, I guess there's a lot of sort of more self-improvement books on that list. And I want, I think I want to remove a few and, and offer a little bit more of a variety because my, mm-hmm. the stuff that I'm consuming now is a lot more varied. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just a, a phase that I needed to go through. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, so I have those lists, not because I like to tell people what to read or what to shoot with or like, or anything, but just cause I get those questions so often that I just created a place where I just direct people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I definitely do not want to tell people how to eat or what to eat. Mm. Um, I do like talking about, you know, I did a video on, on God a couple of years ago and, uh, um, I do like sharing my thoughts and commentaries on spirituality and religion and whatnot, but I don't, I don't tell anybody what to believe. And, uh, in a sense, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe as a reflection of the kind of stuff that I was creating more in line with, you know, self-improvement and habits and whatnot, I would get these emails or these DMs of people being like, you know, what's your consulting fee? Like, can you, can you guide me? And, and uh, I don't get that anymore, fortunately. And I, and I'd like to think that it's because the tone has shifted a little bit and I, people do not feel like I am telling them what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I but I see I see the I understand the impulse and the the role that that sort of plays the Russell Brands and the Jordan Petersons and the 
you know, Sam Harris's of the world that are a lot more direct with, you know, their opinions and their thoughts and whatnot. It's yeah. Like, I have problems telling people what to do as well. I would much rather just live and let them see and then make their own yeah. decision. I think that's always yeah. healthy or right. Yeah. 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 No, no, totally. And I think long term, it's also, it's also a little bit more of a, um, yeah, it's like a, a better long-term strategy, I think, because chances are a few years from now, I might look back on any advice that I, if, if I were to give any directly right now, mm-hmm. I might look back on it and be like, hmm, hmm, I have a bit of a different perspective on that now, you know? So maybe over the last year, as you've gained confidence as a creator, you know, found your voice more and became more unique to whatever you want to do, like has comments and feedback from your community and specifically YouTube comments become less important yeah (laughs) that's a great way of putting it yeah i don't read anywhere near as many now i don't need it and and to be honest with you it's a it's really quite an interesting phenomenon where if i do because it does occasionally still happen just with far less frequency if i do check out the comments maybe like right after i post a video after a while i just hit like a all right stop, stop it. This is too many opinions. Yep. I, I, this is unnatural. Like <laughs> my biology, my hardware was not built to receive this many opinions on, on anything. Um, and uh, yeah, I think at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more at peace with, or another way to put it is, you know, you sort of build a thicker skin, I guess, right. Mm-hmm. Where you just put it out there and it, yeah. it is what it is. If somebody gets offended, it changes over time because it's very asymmetrical and that'll only grow as you, you do this longer and do more stuff, like get more attention because they don't understand how many comments, how much feedback you've consumed over the years. And it, you know, you retain a lot of it and some of it and yeah, they think, you know, you're, they're asking you this question for the first time or saying this thing and they expect a response, but you have seen it so many times and you're just tired of it. It's just like, they don't understand that. Yeah. yeah, totally. Do you, when I would like to ask, you know, was there a point where you have gone through that, where you went through that or that you could, I you, cut so off when, so much email scrubbed from the internet, Instagram DMS off, stopped looking at and replying to YouTube. Just any feedback content was just completely cut off. And it was interesting. When did that happened for you. This was, you know, uh, just kind of through COVID a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. And 2020. Uh, yep. And it felt good. I came through the exact th- same realization that you did that I don't need it. Like it always feels like it's kind of important, but in hindsight, it just isn't. Yeah. 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 You know, that being said, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a hundred percent Zen. These things will probably always affect me if I, if I consume them, you know? Uh, and and of course, if a long period of time goes by where I haven't been posting very much, there was always a little bit of that sort of not, I don't want to call it like fear, but in a sense, that is sort of what it is, which is that like, oh, have people moved on? Will people not care anymore? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't pretend to be completely detached from that, you know, but at this point it has become like much calmer winds, if you will, mm-hmm. than it was before. Before it was like, being in a hurricane yeah you know um and right now i'm going on a trip and i haven't posted a hiking video in a while and i've got the same feeling like do i still have it i feel like i have to post something and that just is impossible to get rid of it's very hard yeah yeah and isn't it funny that it took us years literally even to get to this point Mm. you know it's it's such a um it's just incredible to me how poorly and i guess it's part of the process right but how poorly equipped i was when i started out thank god things didn't work out for four years you know before before the algorithm started to pick me up um i needed that time to mature and i needed that time to live life and learn about myself and even four years later when it when it took off for me when i was um i was 21 years old which is i think still I mean, I still feel too young to be handling all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, it was, I, I, I could barely handle it. Like it was, 
I'm so glad that it wasn't more than it was, you know? Mm. Um, and so I, I actually have quite a bit of empathy now for younger generations, child, child stars yeah. or younger generations or people that get hit with it even more powerfully. Yeah. Cause I'm a tiny guppy really in the ocean. You can feel like the center of the universe when, you know, a hundred thousand people show up and watch your video, but mm -hmm. you're, you know, we're, we're little guppies. Yeah. 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 It's still fun for me though. I do like it. I think, um, yeah. on the horizon, I might start bringing my large camera around a little bit more and just sharing that vlog aspect of my life. But yeah. one thing about your content that I appreciate is your willingness to use all forms of media. So whether it's a photo or a little, you know, not high quality clip from a video from the past or something. Um, mm -hmm. but as long as the information, the context is there, you're able to weave it into a story. And, uh, I like that. And I think I might, might experiment with that a bit more. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's, it's liberating to realize people like I have a, I definitely care about the quality, like from a technical point of view, but, um, but I've, I've done enough consuming of YouTube videos or what have you to realize that when, when I stumble upon a video that I really connect with, I don't care about the resolution. You know, there's some other sort of invisible magic that's going on. Um, I actually feel that, you know, one of, one of the things that you're, you are really good at is that you have always struck me as a, as a, like a, one of those true, like internet natives, like, uh, somebody who is, um, it just seems to have sort of a deeper understanding of the workings of the internet than most people, myself included. Um, the way that I think you comment on, I don't know if this was on a live stream or a video that you made, but you were just talking, you were just, it was a Q and a maybe, and you were talking about like PewDiePie and you were talking about hmm. just the commentaries that you make and the way that you follow along. Um, it seems like, it would be great to see more of that kind of naturally captured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, we were commenting on at the beginning, how it would be hard to consume TikTok content because it's so different from YouTube and what we consume now. But I even see the similarities between people who just watch like the cable TV networks versus YouTube. Like they could say the exact same thing. It's just yeah. like a quicker sweeter yeah. version of content to consume um but yeah there's something interesting when you can follow someone's story for so long and i've been following felix on youtube since he was posting and it's been i think over a decade now which is kind of crazy um and to see a creator that large change over time has been inspirational to me i guess that's mm -hmm. what i get out of it a lot i feel it's yeah, I've never met him. He doesn't know who I am, but I feel yeah. like I know him a lot and it makes me, yeah, just kind of see the other side. I'm definitely a fanboy in that sense. Yeah, no, totally. And I think like it's sort of through kind of following these people's journeys. And I mean, there are content creators that have done, I think a similar thing for me. Um, and, and in a sense, we're well on our way to maybe doing the same for some other future generation. Maybe, I don't know, you know, there'll be, future silent films or whatever mm. that maybe somebody saw something that you created or something that I created and then made the next generation version of that, which was again, going back to TikTok, like the reason why I was sort of saying like, okay, I'm going to try and get off my high horse here because not that long ago, YouTube was the wild west. Mm. And in a sense, TikTok is that now. So it could evolve into something that's, that's really that I enjoy more. I just, I don't know. I could not get the algorithms. I tried it like two or three times. I could not get the algorithms to sort of um, kind of like work to my interests, I guess. And then on top of it, it's just, it's just at a pace that I can't handle. Like I can barely process the, the last video and the next one's in my face, you know? Do you hmm. use it? Are you a user of TikTok? No, no. I just let my, girl try? my girlfriend just shows me. She's like, look at this one. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, yeah, yeah. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, it's, I mean, as I say that, I'm still probably going to post a TikTok every couple weeks or something, you know. Hmm. I, I've had this system where I, I have uh, a little bit of help from somebody who 
is chopping down my videos for no backup plan mm -hmm. and it will take snippets of that and put it on TikTok, you know? So is there any way that your community is doing this work for you in a sense? Like to what degree do you see or search out people who might be following in your footsteps, like really close down the road behind you, trying to be a YouTube creator, storyteller like you, like how much do you encourage those people and, and help them or... Like, is anyone in your community doing work for you <laughs> for free, um, permissionless in a sense? Because I will get tons of people creating silent Craig Adams style hiking films. And then if I, you know, witness that and then kind of validate their effort, you know, that encourages more people to do the same. And it's kind of like yeah. a, it's like a automatic like labor. <laughs> it's like people working for free. Yeah. To kind of contribute to the community you mean or like to contribute to your channel yeah all of it even you know just someone sharing your video is probably the s simplest form of feedback yeah. content um right. someone watching leaving a comment like I, i've always said this like more than half of social media is feedback content it's like the yeah. stuff that people create is only as important as all of the feedback that trails behind it um so you could encourage the best and the brightest of that to help your own stuff. It's like, do you kind of get yeah. that? Yeah, totally. So I think what, what that kind of evokes for me is every time I've hired somebody, it's I've, the, the two places I've gone are my newsletter and, and Instagram. Hmm. Um, and I felt mixed about it at first. I was like, I don't know if this is going to actually work out, you know, cause I don't, I don't know you. There's always that concern of an imbalanced dynamic or somebody is like, kind of looks as, at you not as a at, as a same level human being, which is, I, I you know, I, I don't want that kind of dynamic. Like, I, I really want to, um, you know, it's like if I'm looking to hire somebody, they're a part of my team, they become a part of everything that I'm creating, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it's turned out to work out amazingly. Like, some really cool people have, you know, submitted applications and then, like, you know, I, I picked best ones and they become a part of what I do now editors and like a social media manager, if you will. Um, and, um, you know, the benefit is that you have this sort of shared, the shared ethics, I guess, right? Like if these people sort of like what I'm creating, there's, there's similarities in worldview, I suppose, or interest. Hmm. And that's really powerful. That's super powerful. And I think it would be way harder to find that by just randomly searching um, on like a job posting sort of situation. Yep. So there's been that. And then I have, um, I have a discord as well where, uh, you know, I didn't even explicitly ask for this, but people just wanted to be involved and, you know, Mm -hmm. help moderate and whatnot. And I'm extremely appreciative of that. You know, I don't, I don't take it for granted, but this is, that's an area where I'm a little bit out of my depth. Like I can't, I have sort of a, a bandwidth limit mm -hmm. again, when it comes to consuming in forums and in chat rooms and whatnot. So I'm like never on there and it wouldn't exist if not for those people. So how do you create scarcity on your time and attention? Can anyone just hit you up in different ways 24 seven? Or do you place gates or have office hours yeah, no, in some for sense? Sure. No, there's a lot of scarcity now. Yeah, like I, I you can't just DM me. Um, for a long time, I tried to respond to as many as possible, but it, was, it started to come at a very serious cost in quality of life. So, but they, um, they still come, but you just don't respond, or you've cut off the valve. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like in my DMs. Okay. That much anymore, you know. If I'm if I'm posting uh, a photo or something. I'll pop in there. And mm -hmm. I think that's like how we made this interaction happen. Mm -hmm. Right. But yep. so I'm, I try, um, but I think like, you know, you see the 99 plus, you know, whatever it's, whatever it is, queries or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't get through all those, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, you know, I've, I've definitely, I have um, an assistant that uh, runs a, uh, that has a that sort of manages another email for me. It's like a buffer as well. Hmm. Um, I'm not trying to be elitist or exclusive or anything like that. I just, I have to value my time. Um, you just have to energy. Yeah. And I think, 
in the end, people people are understanding, and um, and in a sense, it was actually making me, I think, a little bit. Uh, it make it was making it more difficult for me to feel gracious, if if you will. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was giving too much of myself away, and so it was probably coming at a cost to my real life interactions with people in my life. And mm-hmm. that's, that's just backwards, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you have so. to place a limit on it. The more that you withhold your, what I call like Craig news or, you know, just like updates about your life, just people general interest in what you're up to and what you're about to do next. Um, like, have you just gone live on your channel or just like fielded Q and A's on Instagram or just anywhere? Like, have you done that? What has that been yeah. like? Yeah, I've done that. I, I've decided to stop doing it on Instagram. I did it a bunch, but it's just chaos. Like, it's just, it's much more enjoyable on Twitch, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a much better culture for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people hanging around uh, and features also in place to prevent spamming. And yeah. Whatnot. And then also tiering of audience yeah. just to gauge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, um, you know, I, I do enjoy that, but I also think like I I get a little bit I can't do that constantly, you know. I, I think and that's sort of probably been the reason why I haven't done more live streams than I mm-hmm. have. It's because at a certain point it's kinda of like small talk for me. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, I'm answering questions and whatnot, and this is there's a cool exchange happening here. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that people care in the first place. But I, I just to like feed myself mm-hmm. energetically, I have to kind of go close off these communication channels and go do my thing, write or film or whatever. And ever so often that question will come up in chats, like, why are you live right now? Why are you doing this? And to be <laughs> honest with most of our, like the answer for most of us would be we're bored. Cause like you could make more yeah. money, get more attention, you know, just do better stuff. If you just went and made a YouTube video and uploaded it. Yeah. But if you're doing a live Q and a, it's kind of like, kind of like a sport, like an exercise a little bit. It's just like a fun yeah. hobby. Yeah. And there's no harm in that, but dude, one thing that I've thought about so much, and I think this might even be play some role in my, in the, in the book that I'm working on, but, um, like, I think this went around in the early days of the pandemic, but like the story of Isaac Newton and how he kind of made a lot of his discoveries during a, a pandemic that took place during his lifetime when he was in his early 20s. is just unbelievable because he was just bored in his mother's garden. You know, this is I don't know if this is like folklore or, or you know, if it's 100 percent true, but there is a lot of truth in the fact that he had a ton of free time. And kind of not, not a lot to do with that time. And so he was kind of left to his own devices, his thoughts, his, his curiosities. And it was like, a, it ended up being a tremendously prolific period simply because so much of that incredible space was there. And I have felt that in small little pieces. It's, it's like when I'm able to shut off the just sort of infinity that is the internet for periods of time, um, you know, the speed is drastically reduced. And so you maybe feel like you're being less productive, but the opposite is happening. It's like so much more like true value activities and decisions and whatnot can take place. And, uh, and there's, I mean, there's really no replacement for that. that uh, that's what I found. And so I think I want to create this sort of tradition. I took all of October off last year and uh, I, I do want to have this sort of system maybe where I have like one extra video ready to go and queued, mm. but then I spend like four to six weeks. I'm out of here. Mm. See you guys soon for mm-hmm. the next season. You know, yeah. um, something about that. I just find, and it's, it is a huge privilege, huge luxury, but incredibly exciting. I mean, just, I, I there's something about that that just may, turns me into an eight year old. Yeah. You know, I'm about uh, to go into the mountains by myself for eight days straight. So oh, I, yeah, that's I, I'm chasing awesome. that feeling for sure. Are you excited? How do you feel? Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to take my time. Um, it's going to be the hardest hike I've ever done. So yeah, got to be smart about it. Obviously flying to another country, got my tests vaccinated, all that. Yeah. So, um, you, yeah, it's going to be fun. You, do you find yourself pushing for 
pushing for the extremes, like pushing to find your limits more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about this and it sounds weird to to say, but yeah, I kind of do like to suffer a little bit and it's like endurance runners will feel and talk about the same thing. It's like, it's good to just like put up with something, suffer through it and then survive. And you just feel better on the other side. Yeah. What is it about human nature that, that does that testing limits you can only enjoy the highs if you know the lows everything is in comparison to something else so like a peaceful day on a meadow sipping a nice coffee in a park only feels good if you had you know working as a fry chef when you're 17 in a fast food place you know Mm. yeah so contrast essentially is what you're saying yeah i think so yep yeah 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 so i i did want to go back to one thought right before that though Yeah, yeah yeah So this idea of like news and updates, it would be way too much, say, if you streamed every day, if you had office hours for like an hour every single day and like anyone who wanted your attention could fight for that attention and get through or whatnot. Um, So, but if you're uploading YouTube videos, you would probably have way more success in whatever way with those videos if you just went completely dark and silent. Or do you think there's like a middle ground, like... Is it marketing? Is it getting people excited for what's to come? Like to what, why, why do you post on anywhere other than your big flagship YouTube videos? Yeah. I mean, so, wow, that's, that's a great question. I think it's multi-layered and I'd be curious kind of what your thoughts are on this as well. But I think, I mean, I'm seeking a little bit of a middle ground, but there's multi it's, that isn't to say that's the strategy that works. You know, I do have a bit of a fascination for characters like, you know, uh, Frank Ocean, who are who have somehow pulled off this sort of reclusive superstar status where they just do not seem to lose their relevance, which is a pretty empty word. Um, but they, they don't seem to lose their kind of impact, if you will, um, even though they'll just disappear for like, I think, years on end. Um, and again, you could you could say it's sort of like the extreme end of the eighty twenty rule, where hmm. you know, but um, but something else is going on there that's really hard to sort of put your finger on. You know, it's something about who he is, or the way he carries himself, or something else that he sort of cultivated and created that got him there. And it's and it's a rare quality, but there's a there's a mystery to it. Um, and I, I mean, I've certainly found on a smaller scale when I am kind of oversharing, at least to myself, I just start to become even more uninteresting. It's just like, I have nothing more of value to say here. Mm-hmm. It's better if I just leave, mm-hmm. you know, let yep. me go live life. Um, you know, I, I think an, another interesting example, I need to do a little bit more research on this, but I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that there are very, very few stories about Jesus before the age of like 28 or something like that. Like there's sort of a big gap, huge gap in his life um, where I'd like to think he was off living life, hmm. accumulating experience before doing what he did, you know? And I say that by the way, as I'm not a Christian, I'm not religious, but like I, I love pulling different examples from different places. Um, and uh, so anyway, I think I think our careers are really quite young still so much can happen. And I have found myself moving on to the more reclusive. Cause I used to post twice a week and I used to be just like way more on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like, Hmm, maybe next year it'd be really cool if I only did one video a month or something. Hmm. Maybe, you know, like going further and further in that direction. Um, and there's another thing too, that I thought about as well. And if I'm going off a little bit on a tangent here, you can feel free to pull me back it seems like there's two kinds of creators. There's the, like the social media natives, if you will, the people that are inhabiting the spaces that are TikTok and YouTube and whatnot. And then there's, there's the other kind of creator that creates the sort of like the material that the social media natives kind of build off of. So for example, on TikTok, you can either be, if you want to be in the TikTok space, you can either be a TikToker, or you could be one of the artists creating the music 
that is used in the TikToks. Mm. Or for example, if you're like a, a podcaster and you and you have a channel on YouTube and you're interviewing people, you could either be the, the person who's running the interviews, running the channel and whatnot, right? You're mm -hmm. the native, or you could be the author that wrote the book that's got that got invited onto the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think, of course, once again, grass is always greener, right? But I think I'd like to maybe make the transition more and more to the other side where it's like, you know, I wrote the book that led me to be invited to talk about it in X, Y, and Z place. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I have to be inhabiting the YouTube space or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say figuring out which side of the line I would like to be and how to get there is probably the biggest question for the next five years for me personally. And I am fascinated with the upper echelon of celebrity watching A-list movie actors go do this big blockbuster movie. And then they have to be shuttled around to do these like crappy interviews with movie yeah. tours and like do all this promotion, sports athletes. Like I, going back to music, I respect artists. As far as I know, I think Lord is really cool. I yeah. have not seen her do anything. I don't see her on social media. She hasn't made an album in a while, but I'll tell you when it does come out, which I think it is like, I, I just respect people who are just quiet, do their big thing and then just go back. Cause like you said, it's like so much of the in-between is just feeling product productive. And it just, when you actually measure it against the actual creation, it's just not as important. It's just yeah. fluff. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a, an empty busyness to it. But that being said, you, you have to have these sort of incredible systems for anxiety management, because <laughs> what I have found is when you post less often, which is what I've been doing this year so far, there've been months where I post like one video, right? Mm. Um, it just puts a lot more pressure on the next time you show up. It's like, cool, you disappeared for four weeks, but if you come back and it's a flop, it's suddenly a lot more like a lot worse, you know, whereas if you're yeah. posting every three days, it's like, cool. Okay. I missed this one, whatever. So you guys in 48 hours, you know, they, they expected um, you to be working the entire time nonstop when you were gone. <laughs> it's like, he's had three months to make this video. So it better yeah. be three months worthy. Yeah. You know, here's another great example, actually, I think, um, since we're kind of throwing out these examples and like Lord wasn't on my radar, but like that's, that, that is a great one. Um, Bo Burnham seems to be one oh. of those people. I can't wait you to know? watch his documentary or his, uh, it's a documentary, right? And stand up, right? Kind of. It's so yeah. I, I just watched it and it's it kind of, but it's, so it was, you know, I won't say, I won't give anything away necessarily, but there's a, it's a, just a really beautiful, very kind of, there's moments where it makes you uncomfortable. And that, I think that maybe was like the one thing he was focusing on for pretty much all of 2020, you know, mm, wow. but worth it in the end you know because this that one thing that he created is like i don't know you can't compare it to any one youtube video you know what i mean like it is its own thing you know um and in fact it kind of felt like a bunch of youtube videos i was about to but, say yeah do you see similarities between your work like do you see a lot of difference or or are you moving towards that aspect of like big blockbuster multiple youtube videos and one big announcement like I, launch I, yeah i loved that format and i think what was interesting was that he combined a bunch of youtube videos kind of but th the delivery was really different i mean it's just you don't it didn't feel like I was binging YouTube videos. It felt like all of these videos were connecting to each other and telling a bigger story. And mm -hmm. there was just something just captivating about it. And, you know, you know, when you've hit upon something that feels really raw and truthful, when it has an emotional impact on you, like the entire next day, I was very affected by what I had just watched mm -hmm. in a way. I don't think I ever feel necessarily from like on social media, not to that depth. I don't think. Um, and would you aspire to doing something like that? Like imagine if you didn't upload for a year, but you still created as you did with the intention of making a chaptered release, like, is that something that you would love to work towards maybe? Like, I mean, I, th I think so. I think so. And mm -hmm. I like how you kind of framed it as a sort of five year thing. Cause I think right now I'm working on a book. So mm -hmm. that's the focus and that's like, going to be. You're, you're a video so, guy. What are you doing writing? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never felt 
like a video person, you know, I've, I, because I write my videos, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I know you're joking around, but, um, but I think like, it's, it's going to be, it's an exciting way to sort of explore a new format. That's a lot like, like deeper and longer. And I think that could be a stepping stone in a way, you know, because then, then it might seem uh, trivial, but to then be able to say, okay, I'm a published author. How can I take this and move into the next thing? Absolutely. I absolutely think I want to continue to experiment with longer form uh, formats and, and whatnot. I think, um, I think I'm kind of, there's, there's so much that goes into it really. Um, but a big part is psychological and, and I just need to sort of break down these sort of barriers I think that are in my mind hmm. about it. Um, and I think, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely the thing that excites me the most. Like if I think about doing what I'm doing right now, five years from now, it's like, not the same feeling of excitement you know it's got to continue to evolve and change Hmm. um so yeah yeah. even with vlogs i'm fascinated with the connections between them and uh, i'm very interested in making at least year in review videos um yeah i'm I'm kind of inspired by will darby like you know there's been a couple creators who just make love notes to themselves and when asked who am i making videos for like the answer that i've fallen on is myself in the future it's really cool to look back on it you know um so longer projects yeah i guess the stakes are larger as well so more pressure but it's it's an evolution of what you're doing i would say and i think i mean a part of me thinks I do wonder, it does feel like you lose that relevance, whatever the hell that word means when you don't post for a while. And so the fear is that like, if I haven't kind of transitioned my way into longer form, bigger projects, um, am I taking a gigantic risk with small payoff? If I take a year off and work on something a lot bigger, you know, Hmm. like, like you don't doubt it when you think of, and maybe it's just psychological, right. But like, you don't doubt it when you think of Lord, you don't doubt it when you think of Bo Burnham, you just Mm -hmm. think, cool, I'll see this person in 18 months from now with their next big whatever, right? You would second guess it if it took them a week to come out with their next album. It's almost like a you you need to explore and build and create, rebuild, try again, yeah. Exactly. Um, But but to get from A to B, I don't think it's a straightforward line, you know? But again, it might just be me psychologically just going shoot, you have to jump through these hoops to get there. So this book, is it going to be kind of refashioned information and ideas from your YouTube videos kind of coalesced and curated, or will it be a completely new idea that you're working on? Like what format do you think? Like, have you done the work for the book and you just have to create it? Or is it, how do you think about this? So it's very much coming along. Um, and I'm getting more and more clarity on it. Um, and, uh, in a sense, I mean, it's it's going to touch on a lot of the things that I've touched on in my videos simply because that's my life, you know. But it's it's a lot more focused on these sorts of ideas that I've been kind of hitting up upon in more recent times. Like, this is the book that the 23-year-old me has to write mm-hmm. um, that I will not be able to write if I wait 10 years, right, As and then try to do it in my 30s. Um, and that I couldn't write up until this point. It was just, it would have been a different book if it was before now. Um, and it's centering around, well, I don't know how much I want to, I want to put out there just yet, Mm. (laughs) you know, just because it's, I'm still kind of zeroing in on it and I don't, I don't want feedback or input or anybody asking me on, on the specifics. Um, but I, I think when it's when it's out there uh people will see the link people will get like cool yeah i I, this this fits with what he does already cool yeah yeah Yeah. and and there's i think there's more similar between authors and video creators than there are different and the more that i read like books that go through and talk about authors like trying to get their book published and the writing process i see a lot of similarities and even reading some of my favorite like 
Noah Harari, like when yeah. I read his stuff and then listen to his podcasts and conversations that he comes out with probably once or twice a month, I, I, I'm like, a lot of this is promotion for the book, but every so often there is unique tidbits because it's topical. Like I, he yeah. came out with his books and talked about like how we should prepare for a pandemic in I think 21 lessons. And then during COVID, he came out with like a couple, like very specific, his opinion on what's going on currently. I'm like, why does he even write books? Like just come out with podcasts, like just mm. once a month, it's beautiful. I would subscribe and listen, but there's, yeah, it, it's the same thing. It's like, why, why not stream or upload a lower quality video as a video creator every day versus like uploading a big flagship, beautiful, edited, thoughtful video every month like the same thing i saw i see a lot of similarities between authors and video creators so you're now you're making the argument to go in the other direction yeah but i i see it like if i didn't think about it as much as i have i would say why not just be a podcaster but thinking about it more and thinking about it from my vision i want to do longer videos that are more thoughtful and not just create yeah. in response to i need to make a video yeah yeah. And also, I, I, I mean, at some level, I can't even really describe it other than to say um, there's just a book within me that, that, that needs to come out, you know, cool. and um, I have to I have to make that happen. In fact, this year, the plan was to be like sp splitting up my time between like the video work that I was doing and then like writing and music. And I realized I can't do all three of those at once. That's and and then on top of that, travel and whatnot, right? And then mm -hmm. on top of that, like the relationships in my life and whatnot. So the music is on the back burner, mm -hmm. and I'm focusing on this book. And then maybe like the book comes out, and then I next big project is an album or something. Like you know, I don't, I can't I even that. plan that far ahead. Yep. But I don't want any sort of, I do not want these psychological barriers to block anything. And if it's just a personal thing that never sees the light of day, fine. But I, I have to try to, to kind of demystify that and satiate, I guess, this sort of curiosity that kind of wants to manifest itself in different formats, you know? So uh, Donald Glover is another oh, really yeah. great example Perfect. of somebody who is like, you know, who somehow was able to leverage each stage of his career. Mm -hmm. It's just so beautifully, you know, and yeah. he became ever more reclusive at each stage too, you know? So mm -hmm. I'd love to think that I can pull off maybe my own smaller version of that, you know, we'll that's see. cool. Yeah. I, I respect that, that you're not only just thinking about the obligations and the things that are in your way exterior, but like your own mental, blockings for the things that you want to create and who you want to become. Yeah. So that's cool yeah. that you're working on that. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to do is uh, continue doing this simply because I'm trying to just feed the beast and just because I'm afraid of losing what I have. Like that is a, that is not uh, an expansive existence. And um, I, I, I am lucky enough to be able to take some of these risks, you know, in changing format or throwing myself into new things and at the end of the at the end of the day, if I made a little bit less money or whatever, it's not gonna matter at all <laughs> when I'm dead. So <laughs> I have this life to live, you know. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it helps me to just put these things in very black and white terms because urgency is a gift. Too much urgency is not a gift, or too much urgency is paralyzing. But some urgency is a real gift because it's easy to take for granted the time that we have here and it's it's going you can't stop it well on that on that note we can end this i appreciate <laughs> you taking the time i feel like we have so much in common and it's just great to talk to someone who's in it as deep as you are and uh i empathize with all the struggles you're going through and i think i can understand the wins and successes more than others and i'm happy for you dude i hope we can meet in person at some point i'm dude, sure i'll be over be in amazing. europe before too long so yeah dude that'd be fantastic thanks for you know, making this happen and for asking really, really awesome questions. Like it's actually a pleasure to talk and exchange ideas with somebody who is like clearly on the same level and, and thinking about these things and just has like personal reference to so much of what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's nice. So keep me posted, dude. You gotta, we gotta meet up somewhere. It'd be awesome.